Welcome to The Common Round. Medical education for medical students by medical students. I'm Hamid. And I'm Andy. And joining us today is our executive producer, Gautam. We're here to talk about um, complications and systemic effects of chronic alcohol abuse and specifically alcoholic liver diseases is going to be the focus of our podcast today. Um, Andy, before yep. we get into it, yep. I think we should talk about the structure of the liver because it's really important mm-hmm. for uh, for liver disease yep. and also in specifically for alcoholic liver disease. What's the smallest functional unit of a, of a liver of the organ? So the smallest functional unit of the liver is called a lobule. That's right. Yeah. So a lobule in the center, so picture a hex, hexagonal structure, and on each of the corners on the outside, you've got the portal triad. And on the center of it is, it's called the central vein. That's correct? right. Yeah. yeah. And so blood comes in from the portal triad and drains towards the central vein. Just remind me, what is that portal triad? Why is it called a triad? It's a triad because there's three primary structures in it. One is the portal vein. One is the hepatic artery. And the other one is the bile ducts. Blood comes from the portal triads from the outside of this lobule and drain towards the center part of the vein. And after the the blood collects from the central vein, they will go and pull to, they will eventually branch into the inferior vena cava and return the blood back into to the, the system. systemic circulation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's another model of explaining the liver structure as well. Um, and that sort of basic structure and that involves the zones. Now, so often we'll, you know, it can be quite confusing. Some textbooks talk about okay, the, yeah. the lobe. Some textbooks talk about the zones. Now, in terms of zones, you've got three main zones. Okay. You've got zone one, which is the closest to the portal triad. Okay. You've got zone two, which is in between zone one and zone three, obviously, and zone three is next to the central vein. Now, the, the reason why these zones are important is the fact that hepatocytes in these regions have different functions. So, okay. for example, yep. hepatocytes in zone one, where it's really oxygen-rich because, you know, hepatic artery and portal vein yep. have higher oxygen than central vein. They do a lot of the synthetic activity. So they produce um, glycogen. They produce a lot of the plasma proteins. So albumin, coagulation factors, all mm-hmm. those sort of synthetic functions. Yep. And in zone three is where a lot of the detoxification and metabolism occur. So naturally, when you think about it, zone three is in a hypoxic or relatively hypoxic environment. They do a lot of the heavy lifting, metabolic yep. activity and detoxification. Mm-hmm. So intuitively, you're, you, know, you should be thinking about the fact that alcohol damage might start affecting that region more than the other regions so first. in zone three. Yeah, in yep. zone three. So that's a bit of an insight, and that's why it's important to know the basic structure of the liver. Yep. So now that we've got that out of the way, do you want to maybe talk about what alcoholic liver disease is? Alcoholic liver disease is a change that happens to the liver after prolonged abuse or let's say just prolonged heavy drinking of alcohol and this can happen in males and females irregardless and depending on how much you drink for how long you drink mm. that there's different changes i from my understanding there are three main different uh, conditions that can stem up from an alcoholic liver disease one is called the fatty liver or more of a scientific term it's called hepatic steatosis then a next step up an inflammation that occurs to this liver so that's called alcoholic hepatitis and finally after pro 
prolonged damage results in this process called cirrhosis. Yeah, anything else? No, I, I think, yeah, that's pretty much you know, defines what, what we mean. But also importantly, we need to address that, you know, you can't develop alcoholic liver disease with just one episode of, you know, binge drinking. Yes. For example, to put it into perspective, okay. for females, you need to be drinking two or three standard drinks per day. Yeah. Or for guys, three to six standard drinks per day. So double that intake. Yes. For at least 10 years to start perhaps developing those signs and symptoms cirrhosis. of cirrhosis that we okay. talked about in yeah. our previous podcast. Mm. So it's not a be all and end all. And I guess the other thing to recognize is that these sort of symptoms that you described, hepatic cetosis, alcoholic hepatitis, and cirrhosis don't necessarily happen in a continuum. They could be occurring concurrently as well, which means that someone who has liver disease could already could have cetosis as well as hepatitis. You know, you don't need to have hepatitis mm-hmm. to then develop cetosis. Yep. So, they're not necessarily this linear oh, okay, yeah. uh, progression in disease. They can occur simultaneously. Actually, did you know that one of the sources that I was reading was that with the alcoholic hepatitis, although the cirrhosis does take like, let's say, 10 years to develop, with really heavy drinking, somebody's liver function can actually drop to a point where the alcoholic hepatitis can occur within a few months' time. Really? This okay. is really heavy drinking we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, so chronic, massive yeah. amounts. Do you know how much you have to drink to get? Off the top of my head, actually, I don't. I won't, I yeah. won't take a guess, but that, that was the impression that sure. I got. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. What exactly happens? Why is alcohol such an issue? Um, the reason why alcohol leads to all this fatty lipids that get deposited in the hepatocytes or the liver cells because of quite a few reasons. One of the reasons is because alcohol itself is quite a, one of the four major macronutrients. What that means is that when we drink alcohol, it's going to have a lot of calories in it. And the, when the body is rich in calories or energy, it's going to steer away from the breakdown of energy, catabolism, towards anabolism, a buildup of storage of these energies. So the body is more inherent in actually trying to store and find ways to um, to keep this uh, energy in forms of lipids. And so instead of breaking energy down, it's in a high energy state, so it wants to store store the energy, right? Exactly. Okay. So that's the very How beginning of it. But just because you eat, uh, just because you're high in energy, doesn't mean that you're going to start having uh, lipids being building up in your uh, liver. So there's other reasons for why this will eventually happen. The other one is because the alcohol itself gets metabolized into this. Um, uh, it's metabolite itself can cause damage to the cells. I think I mentioned that I've read that it's something to do with um, nicotinamide um, adenine dinucleotide, which I don't know too much about. And frankly, I don't think we need to know a lot about. No, that that name was really confusing to me the first time I read it. And it's actually just NAD. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. I was How reading interesting. it. You, you, it's, know, you always come NAD. across NAD, but you yeah. don't actually know what it stands for. No. But yeah. Okay. So yeah, so that's NAD. And then... And that seems to upregulate the catabolic path, uh, sorry, the anabolic pathways yep. as opposed to the catabolic pathway so that's where you start to, you know storing fat or mm. accumulating fat but there what are... else happens Andy like what explains the inflammatory components to, to this whole situation you know how you can have alcoholic hepatitis mm. something else must be going on as well so that was one of the reasons why the fat builds up but in order for the hepatitis to occur their hepatitis it basically the itis part of it hints that there's an inflammation towards it and what happens is is actually that there is cell death the hepatocytes they die and that can lead to we all know that once cells die unnaturally that can cause neutrophils to come in and the reasons why they die are there's a few reasons for that there's one is um, reactive oxygen species that get that get generated during uh, because of the ethanol yeah there's also the alcohol itself affects the cytoskeleton yeah, organization it causes this appearance in, in hepatocytes called the mallory dense body which is this eosinophilic appearance isn't it very characteristic actually yeah and um, the acetyl aldehyde of the a major metabolite of ethanol itself 
is quite hepatotoxic. So it disrupts the cytoskeleton and membrane functions. All of that lead to the swelling of hepatocytes, dying of hepatocytes, as well as attraction of uh, inflammation. Yeah, because these uh, stress hepatocytes can then release inflammatory cytokines, which attract neutrophils um, and, and other uh, immune cells to then bring about cell destruction. So yeah. that perhaps explains the fibrosis and hepatitis component of, of um, this disease. Yes, exactly. Which is really interesting. So where does the damage start, Andy? Like we kind of alluded to mm. before in terms of the zones, but is it zone one or is it zone two or is it zone three? If we have a think about it, it would be zone three or closest to the central vein. I think another term for it was, was it called central, lo- central, central lobular? Central lobular, yeah. Exactly. Central lobular accumulation. So the reason why that is, is because first of all, the alcohol, I think it's because the, the damage occurs most likely during the central lobular region first and that's why the fat accumulation builds up there first. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, a lot of the metabolic and detoxification activity happens around that zone. Ah, yes. And that's why those cells are under stress. There's very low... It's it's a hypoxic environment to begin with. So these Mm. cells are really being stressed. Mm. And then you have this additional insult, which Mm. causes damage, and then the whole thing starts. And obviously, with prolonged alcohol intake and abuse, and that damage can extend outwards towards zone one. So then it becomes panlobular. So it extends across the entire lobe. And obviously, that's more of a late stage presentation than than someone who just drinks initially. Um, so Andy, we're kind of uh, going onto this sort of to- uh, topic now. But what are the macroscopic appearances of hepatitis? Macroscopic or mic? Uh, let's let's start with microscopic actually, and then yep. we'll, we can work our way upwards. Microscopically, when we look under a microscope, what do we expect? The for alcoholic hepatitis. In particular, there are four characteristics we should be aware of. The first one is this hepatocellular steatosis or the presence of fat under the microscope when you look at a liver slide. So they will be inside hepatocytes. Mm. And if these are small, they're called microvesicular. If they are large, the fat deposits, they're called macrovesicular. Can you explain to us, just yep. so we can visualize a, a little bit, what does it actually look like? You know, when you stain yep. it, do you get this pink or pink thing on mm. the nucleus outside and then you have this white fat fat inside the cells is that what it looks like it's this huge fat globule that you'll see yeah. that's present in the cell and fat actually has quite a characteristic look mm. i would strongly recommend you to go google and um, have a look at what exactly it mm. looks like because or being we, we don't endorse being, any particular oh, yes. engines. so go on a google uh, sorry not a google <laughs> do a do a search using then, your favorite search engine which exactly. has no affiliation to us no exactly um but once you see it it's hard to actually Uh, it's quite characteristic and they're just these small fat globules if the globule is larger than the cell itself then it's called macrovesicular but that's that's just um yeah that's just the icing on the cake but the whole point is that you get this fat accumulation which we talked about before that's the first characteristic and then what do you know then then what happens the second characteristic is this hepatocyte ballooning what it means is just that the hepatocyte is swelling up and the reason is because the cytoskeleton is damaged from the alcohol uh, the cell is dying and so that's that will be a characteristic in hepatitis if you just think about it then the third one is this Mallory Denk body which, which we talked about Hamid mentioned yeah exactly the filaments are being damaged from the alcohol and thus you get this strong pink colored body called Mallory Denk body yeah and the fourth one is the neutrophils because the hepatocytes are dying you see neutrophil infiltration which is characteristic of hepatitis or acute inflammation really that that's yeah, true and that eventually becomes chronic yeah but that's pretty much it so um over time you get this damage uh you know that starts in the central lobular region yeah and then it starts um expanding outwards towards the um towards 
the, the portal triad, so towards yep. zone one. And then you start forming, it's, and then as it progresses, it forms this sort of chicken wire appearance as it's traveling towards the zone one. Yep. And then you start forming this sort of fibrotic regions. And, and you can also have, you know, these healthy cells or hepatocytes engulfed in fibrosis. So you have nodules as well, which is really interesting. Is there anything else that you might expect Actually, to let's see? talk a little bit more about the nodules. So why, why do these nodules appear? So I think what happens is, uh, is that you have this fibrosis, right? Yes. But the hepatocytes are amazing at trying to regenerate and, and trying to recover. Yes. Especially at the, the early stages, right? Yep. So obviously you can't get rid of the scarring no. completely. But what you can do is you can generate, hepatocytes can regenerate. So you have these pockets of healthy hepatocytes that are surrounded by fibrosis. So you have this nodule, nodule appearing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, presentation. Yeah. Obviously with time, these nodules can, uh, are completely separated from yep. one another from any distinct hepatic structures and as it happens in cirrhosis. Yeah. But initially mm. that is a way for the liver to still maintain hepatic function whilst, um, being under assault from a toxic agent. Yeah. But obviously with time, those nodules then separate and then, you know, you'd lose complete function, but that's that final stages of fibrosis is mm. there anything else that you think no exactly because like i was thinking with the with the fibrosis so with the damage the these fibers are going to grow and eventually let's say if they capture as you said they capture a patch of healthy liver tissue the liver tissue on the inside the hepatocytes they're great at regenerating they grow mm. and grow however the, the they're not going to break through the fiber capsules so no, you've got these lots of different small nodules where uh so these small patches of healthy tissue and they keep on growing expanding trying to recover eventually that ruins the whole perfect hexagonal shaped uh, lobule structure and so that's why cirrhosis occurs and that's the definition of cirrhosis you've got the a diffuse wide-scale loss of architecture because of these fibrous nodules perfect that's exactly and i guess macroscopically if this nodular nodularization continues to progress and you start noticing it on the liver so when you're palpating the liver instead of feeling a nice free edge you feel Smooth, this nodular right? yeah. granular type edge so yep. that can be a sign of um, really progressed cirrhosis uh, from alcohol definitely i think anything in terms of definition you have macro nodules anything greater than uh i think three centimeters and anything less by definition is micro nodular it's a bit of a distinction i mean yep. you just need to understand that you get this nodularity so let's move on to the complications of alcoholic liver disease what are some of the complications and how long does it i mean do every person who drinks chronically get liver disease or get cirrhosis everybody who drinks after a long period of time will have fat in the so degree in the of liver. fatty fatty liver yeah. don't they okay. so alcoholic steatosis sorry so hepatosteatosis yeah but not everybody develops uh cirrhosis actually only a small percentage of them develops it really how cirrhosis. interesting yeah. And then does then do these patients, cause obviously the, you know, if you develop cirrhosis, you're an increased risk of hepatocellular carcinoma. Yep. Do all of these patients develop carcinoma? So once again, another smaller fraction of the already rare people who get uh, cirrhosis develop the hepatocellular yeah. carcinoma. So not everybody gets liver cancer, fortunately, from drinking, but everybody will get a fatty liver. Yeah, exactly. But the good news is liver is a very robust organ. And so, you know, for patients who then cease alcohol consumption then they can't you can expect complete resolution um of the fatty liver but obviously if they've got established cirrhosis then this doesn't occur yeah so their prognosis is much more much more severe but i think overall we've pretty much covered the key essence of the t topic so Andy, do you want to just do a quick summary for the audience just so we can get our Yep. head together in a few words alcoholic liver diseases include three main ones so we've got a fatty liver so 
alcohol uh, sorry hepatite hepatosteatosis the second one is an alcoholic hepatitis and the third one is cirrhosis or fibrosis event, uh, of the liver so that's that and there are specific characteristics of each mac microscopically that when we have a look under the microscope yeah. um, those should be revised and uh, if you guys have any questions or want certain things clarified, let us know. Yeah, um, as always, just send that, drop us an email or um, get in contact with us. You know where to find us and we're happy to help. If there's any glaring issues, please let us know. We're always in the process of improving as well. Um, thank you for your time and we'll see you next time. Thank you.